Hello, welcome back to Tiny Giant Jams. It's Kerry here today. I am flying solo. I'm in Bath today, just about to go into an event for Mental Health Awareness Week. The event is organised by an amazing woman called Michelle Morgan, who has set up a company called P-Joys, which is a pyjama company with purpose. And the purpose is to raise awareness of mental health. Michelle's got some incredible stories. She is a fountain of knowledge, so we've all got lots to learn from her. And I'm going to do a little bit of an outtake at the end, so stick around for that, just to pull together some of the main hints and tips that Michelle talks us through during the interview. Uh, Really excited to be doing this, so thanks to Michelle, and let's get on and hear what she has to say. to be joined by Michelle Morgan. Michelle is the award-winning founder of six purpose-led businesses. She's the winner of the EY Entrepreneur of the Year Award, the Queen's Award for Innovation, Lloyd's Business Awards, and most recently she was invited to join the Society of Leadership Fellows at Windsor Castle. Today we're at the end of Mental Health Awareness Week and we're going to be talking about Michelle's business which is called P-Joys. It's a pyjama company with purpose. So hi Michelle and welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. So I just always like to give the audience a bit of context about where we are. So we're in Bath and we've just come from your fantastic breakfast event as part of Mental Health Awareness Week. So thank you so much for that. It's it's really inspiring and really important and I actually ended up in tears at one point. Yeah, I think it was we so were, moving. We were all in tears. Yeah. There was such honesty. There really room. was. It was, yeah. it was. It was really cool. So I want to talk a little bit more about that. But before we do that, can I just ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm Michelle Morgan. Um, I, I'm a mum to Lily and uh, uh, a wife to Remy. And you know, they're probably the most important things in my world. Uh, but I'm I'm also a business owner. And yeah, and just kind of just at the beginning of the next chapter okay. in my life with this lovely thing called PJs, which are PJs with purpose. Yeah, so I was going to ask you to tell us a little bit about that. So from what I've read and from what I know from today, you experienced firsthand what it's like to experience burnout and go through depression and anxiety. And it, it felt like that actually led you to setting up PJs. So can you tell us a little bit about that and sort of the process and the journey that led you to where you are now? Yeah. Well, I kind of always say as the shorthand, um, you know, from, from my darkest moments of depression and anxiety and experiencing that burnout, um, I kind of got to the crossroads of where brilliance meets madness, okay. which of course is where all good ideas come from. <laughs> um, and, and that's when I had the idea to, to take the pyjama and the, the duality of the PJ day that I knew, yeah. and I wondered if other people knew about it. Um, the good days, the joyful PJ days, where we choose to stay in our gym jams all day and eat yeah. good food and rest and recuperate. Uh, and we should have more of those days. But then for some of us, there are those days that we know where we can't get out of our pyjamas. Maybe yeah, we can't yeah. get out the front door. Maybe some people can, might be, not be able to get out from underneath their duvet cover. And that's, that's you know, mental illness. It's stress. It's depression. It's anxiety. Um, and, and they are dreadful days. And I wondered, A, do people see that duality yeah, yeah. that I see and how, how interesting that 
there's these two very extremely different states sort of represented by your pyjamas. Yes, yeah. Um, I was probably looking for a reason to stay in my pyjamas even more. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did wonder, actually, have I really lost my mind now with this little idea? Um, but it was kind of driven, I guess, not just by wanting to have a job where I could stay in my pyjamas a lot, but um, when I'd had my burnout experience and when I had stepped out of my, my previous business, Liberty, which is a, a youth-led creative network, um, you know, someone had said to me, you know, Michelle, it's, it's a little bit awkward when you talk about your mental health to the business, which you know, was a really uh, crushing moment. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was silencing, you know, for someone who was already in a highly vulnerable state and not very well, it, mm -hmm. it, it wasn't conducive to setting me up to, to get well. Yeah, yeah. Which was the whole idea of setting up, stepping out of the business for a while. And, and I, I guess, you know, on that journey, Actually, what I discovered when I finally did start feeling better and coming out of that depression and, and anxiety, and I started talking about my own personal experience of, of, of mental illness, and, and actually what I discovered is it's not that awkward. Mm -hmm. It's awkward for about three to seven seconds okay. when either I'm going to tell you about my mental illness or I'm going to ask you how your mental health is. Okay. And, um, and and so it kind of, yeah, just came out of that moment of being very down, you know, feeling like I'd hit rock bottom, but also being on the way up again. Yeah. And, and the benefit and the value of creating space <clears throat> and self-care and being kind to yourself to let help in, and, and and then to start getting better, to start moving into a place of recovery, and I guess that you know that creative bit of my my brain that had been so worn out mm -hmm. started coming back to life with this little yeah, idea yeah. that I said out loud okay. to my husband and my best friend Susie, who who both went on to become my business partners okay. yeah. in the idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and and it was just something that we were playing with. But I could feel myself coming back to life as I was playing with this idea. Cool. And so, the, I mean, you're wearing your pajamas now, so that's and they, they're amazing. And actually, at the um, the event we've just been to, a lot of your team were wearing their pajamas, yeah. and they're all gorgeous. So, what what did you want to do with PJs? As in, mm. obviously, you, you get artists to create your pajamas so that you look amazing. But what else do you do? And because you were talking about the Samaritans and supporting that cause as well, yeah. so. Yeah, so, so we're starting with the fact that people get the PJ day, the good ones and the bad ones. Yeah. But what I was curious to, to find out was, yeah, can the mission of the business be to make mental health an everyday conversation? Yeah. No one should ever have to feel awkward mm -hmm. talking about mental health. Yeah. We, just, we just don't need to feel awkward. So th there's the mission, to just make it an easy, normal, everyday conversation. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the product, the pyjamas the packaging, the platform from which we sell, pjoys.co.uk, the people that we put around the the whole business are then kind of like the Trojan horse right. to deliver messages yeah, of hope yeah, yeah, and help yeah, yeah. to people. So, for example, our care labels, so your how you care for your pyjamas in terms of washing them at 30. Um, on the reverse of the care label, we also have a message that says care for yourself 
and That's it nice. carries the yeah. Samaritans okay. number. Okay, brilliant. Um, we've got the same the same message on our packaging, on our boxes, mm-hmm. uh, recycled boxes, um, keepable boxes. So also, I was just really, really wanted to create a product that that packed purpose into the whole supply chain. Yeah. Um, I mean, I nearly didn't go ahead with it well, for so many, so many reasons. Really, but but one of the things that I found out was that the fashion industry, according to some pieces of research, only comes second to the oil industry in terms of negative impact on people and planet. Yeah, I you know I don't want to I don't want to contribute to that. Mm-hmm. So I made that a pledge to myself that that you know we would make them in the most kind and caring way. And, you know, how can we absolutely pack that whole supply chain? Because the supply chain can be a mental health issue. Right. Um, so, yeah, so it, it's um, it's not easy. No. Uh, it's not easy being back in startup mode, but gosh, it is invigorating. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm feeling more purposeful than, than ever before. And, and, and what I know is it's working. Yeah. The, the pyjamas... Are this really lovely, accessible language and code and yeah, permission yeah. and way into the conversation? Why are you Why are you out wearing your pajamas, <laughs> Michelle? Well, do you often wear them out? Well, I mean, because I do find myself out and about talking about mental health. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah. Um, and I, I, yeah, I feel really privileged that 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 organisations invite me in to share my story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, what, and what I've noticed is that a it's not awkward really. It's not my favourite thing no. standing up in front of a bunch of mm-hmm. people yeah. and telling them about your breakdown that happened a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, but the reason that I do it is that I just know when we can connect with others through our own experience, it will it will it will always help one person in that yeah. audience. Yeah. Have a conversation with me. I'm a trained mental health first aider. A mental health first aid instructor, uh, or it might it might help them have a conversation with someone else. So so that's what I do it. Okay, that's why yes. I go out and kind of put myself through the pain. Yes. Of, of yeah hearing hearing myself tell that story over yeah. and over again. It has been mental health awareness week. I have told told it yeah. right a few times this week, but each time I know there's been someone in the room that's connected either with the story or just because we're talking about things like mental illness mm-hmm. or poor mental health, yeah. hopefully it will maybe be the start of them seeking help. Yeah, yeah. What we know is when we when we seek help uh, and get into treatment, and the more quickly we can do that, then recovery is the most likely outcome. Yeah, yeah. That is the good, hopeful news yeah. around this topic. Is you know, it's terrible, terrible, terrible numbers of us experiencing mental illness and poor mental health you know we we do live in in stressful constantly stressful times and states but the good news is if you get help quickly the chances are you're going to get better yeah recovery looks like different things for different people yeah sure i've had to make quite a lot of adjustments in my life okay interesting Mm. so i I'm working with a lot with entrepreneurs at the moment because we're a bit of a start. We're a startup. We've been getting yeah. seven months, and I know you, you're saying you're back in startup world as well. It, have you found that burnout and stress in that environment has been quite a common occurrence? Are you have a lot of people been open with you 
because you're always so open yourself about it. I just it's something that we're on an accelerator scheme at the moment, and one of the things they talked about is is burnout and mindset and positivity and all that kind of thing. And I was just wondering in in your startup world if you'd found that a lot of people were concerned about that or people had opened up to you about that scenario. I am really encouraged to hear you say that you're on an accelerator program and they are talking about mental health because I think that has been a really big issue and challenge Mm -hmm. in that, well, you know, that entrepreneurs thrive on that kind of pressure. And and yes, we do. And and, an amount of stress for anyone is good. It's not that stress is bad. But when we are in that constant state of stress, especially when we're innovating and creating, yeah. um, you know, in, in the worlds of tech or creativity or indeed purpose-led businesses that, yeah. that can be quite emotionally driven mm-hmm. as well, it, it's not good for anyone to be in that constant state yeah. of yeah. stretching themselves and, and that constant state of stress. Yeah. Yeah. anxiety that's mm. that's not sustainable not yeah. but I think that that has that has definitely been a taboo and a stigma within the entrepreneurial arena yeah um but that again there is hope and and so great to hear that people yeah. are talking about it on programs I've also been part of a, a campaign uh led by a, a brilliant entrepreneur called Guy Tolhurst okay and Guy has uh, created something uh, uh, something called the Mindful Investor, okay. which is encouraging investors, either individual investors or investment funds, to sign up to to pledge to kind of have more awareness and more to pay more attention uh, to to the well being and the mental health of the entrepreneurs that they're investing in. So that from the get go, from that moment of or before we've even invested, yeah. we can all talk about the stresses and strains that come with being in startup yeah. mode yeah. or scale up mode. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah. it's I'm really definitely good. Definitely to really look into good. that. Yeah, the mindful yeah. investor. Mindful investor. Cool. I have to bear that in mind. I'm definitely going to have a look at that. So we've talked a, uh, a bit about the importance of being able to speak out and support others, and I think that's been a real common theme in the event that, that we've been to today. We talked about sort of macho, macho sporting context. We talked about schools. We talked about even an inability to speak within families, which is really sad. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in terms of work cultures, what do you think business leaders and business owners can do to create a more positive mental health culture? I know recently Monzo kind of led the way. They had their sort of mental health policy, which they put out in um, on a nice post, which they sort of went all over the internet, which was really a really nice way of making it quite accessible and people seeing that big banks and you know the like were taking it seriously which is amazing are there any particular steps you think that businesses can take and what or what kind of things are you doing within um you know with your with Pete with BJ's like have you got any ways that you're trying to make your culture much more open and yeah Yeah, it's, it's a really good question um it is a leadership issue okay uh, but leadership can come from anywhere. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So you know, I think you'll you'll often find, you know, there will be individuals in a business who do that have some first-hand experience of this. They might be supporting someone experiencing mental illness. They might have a lived experience of their own, um, and we should empower those individuals who care about the topic and are passionate about it to bring in 
in ways that are going to support the culture. Yeah. But it does need to come from from senior management as well. It needs that mm-hmm. endorsement. It needs that advocacy. Um, absolutely, because we we can't overcome some of the challenges and barriers that undoubtedly there will be in a workplace yeah. without that senior level leadership. Okay. Um, again, another great thing to look at is the Inside Out Leaderboard, which was launched by Steve, uh, Rob Stevenson, who's a brilliant um, mental health campaigner, okay. and talk, he also talks about his own lived experience, and, and we saw that leaderboard launching this, this year, and there were 50 or so leaders in business who you know, put their hands up and said, you know, here's my experience of, of mental illness. Um, so we need role models and we need that leadership. Yeah. Um, but there are simple things as well. We don't have to make it this ginormously uh, complicated um, and long process, yeah, I yeah. think. It's where can you start? Okay. So some of, the, some of the best things I think I've seen businesses do are bring mental health first aid into their Yeah, that sounds teams. really great that you're doing that. Um, which I, I, I am one of the biggest champions of. I, I, I did a mental health first aid course when I was um, out and about first talking about my mental illness okay. and getting a lot of disclosure. I loved the course so much. I just thought everyone should do this course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I loved it so much that I then went on to train to become an instructor. And, and so I've, I'm really proud to be able to do that alongside setting up PJOYS and continuing to support Liberty, yeah. my, my first business and okay. baby, yeah. um, from the sidelines. Uh, I see that just on its own as something very powerful. Okay. But it shouldn't be just the only thing yeah. that a business yeah. leader does yeah. or yeah. an organisation does. But it can be a really good first start because... You know, if, if you do it in the right way, if you put that call to action out across your business, and that's mm. what I advise my clients to do, you will naturally get the people who care about this topic and want to have a framework and more confidence yeah, to be able yeah. to be those people who can talk about it. So it's yeah. a brilliant first step. And then you train them together and they become this amazing cohort yeah, yeah. of advocates amazing. and champions in your business. Mm. You know, Make sure you've got some of the people people on that that training and you know and then you can start to say well what are our policies what are our processes what are our provisions yeah and start strengthening those yeah one of the things that was mentioned earlier about mental health first aid was the idea of non-judgmental listening oh. i think it's something that you guys yeah. mentioned could you just tell me a little bit more about that just because i thought that sounded really interesting well that is joyfully taken from mental health first aid okay it's one of the things that we teach in mental yeah. health first aid and and it is to listen and communicate non-judgmentally okay and i, I love it because you know i always say to people look you can just take this one into everyday life yeah you know yeah. this goes way beyond having a, a mental health conversation yeah. Yeah. so there's just something joyful about that um but through my experience, through the conversations that I've had, through learning about other people's lived experience, what I hear time and time again is what made the biggest difference was when I felt truly listened to. Yeah, okay. So it's not offering a solution, it's just sometimes just hearing someone out and just letting them Just talk. creating the space, yeah. a trusted space for that person to, you know, maybe scrabble around 
and find the right words and language yeah. to describe how they feel. Yeah. I also really liked what you said earlier about about silence, about sometimes just having that silence. And actually, when you did the silence to the group, it was quite awkward. But the, the concept of being silent and then in that space, someone would potentially say something that they wouldn't have said otherwise. Is I thought that was really the power, amazing idea. The power yeah. of the pause. Okay, power the of the pause. Power of it. The pause. Yeah. Again, something that you can take into day-to-day -day life. And mm. I love that. Um, you know, if, if we th if you think if you and I are talking about our mental health, and you know, part of my story is that you know I didn't have the words for it. I didn't have a diagnosis. I didn't have a label. You know, I and, and I was I was being pretty unkind to myself about yeah. what I was feeling. And when I got a diagnosis of, of depression, you know, actually that was deeply helpful for me. But imagine we were having that conversation. You know, there's me scrabbling to describe how I I feel. If you keep filling the silence because yeah. you're feeling a bit bad for me or a bit awkward for me, yeah. I'm never going to have a chance to find the words. Okay. And there's just a beauty in that silence, you know. And I think it can it can send a really powerful message to someone that we actually we can just be quiet together. But there's that human instinct. You yeah. use it tactically <laughs> as well. Because if I, you know, if if we just stop talking, there's a great chance had you not known what we were about to yeah. do, that you would have filled that silence yeah, yeah. because I wasn't. And actually you can kind of sometimes use it tactically. It's a really gentle, kind way to get someone to talk. To help, yeah, someone to talk. I love that. I thought it was really good. It's a really good takeout. What, where do you think you're going to take PJ's next? I know you're in the very early stages, but what, where would you like it to be and how would you like it to grow? We are in such early stages, but we've got some really, really exciting conversations that are happening. You know, the good news, people get, people get it. Yeah. You know, people get it. Uh, and so now we need to just build a really strong business model around yeah, it. Yeah. And, and I think there are, there are several opportunities. I think one of the clues, uh, which isn't out in the world yet, but I think one of the clues is, is what we did today. And I kind of love this idea of, you know, being able to do more, more of these kinds of events, um, you know, where we get people talking about it. But you know, then you, maybe you can buy the product as well if yeah, you want to, yeah. if it speaks to you. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, and each time we're buying the product, we're raising money for a charity as well. And our launch charity is Samaritans. Yeah. Um, but you know, there, there's a strong online presence for it because again, we want to be the magnet and the hub for having those conversations, but mm -hmm. also offering resource, help and hope, okay. and other people's stories. That said, we're having super exciting conversations Brilliant. with retailers, um, both online and offline, uh, about you know what having, what having PJs in their stores um, or their organisations looks like. Yeah. So I feel really open at the moment we're starting to close in and focus on some opportunities um if anyone's got any ideas let us know <laughs> if anyone can help us with modeling let us know you yeah. know we've i've jumped into a space that really i know nothing about okay. um but you know feel the fear um, yeah and we will get there you yeah, know i think we, sure but, you know what we what we believe in is the purpose Mm -hmm. We absolutely start with why. Yeah, yeah. But we're building and designing and creating and making 
a really beautiful um, quality driven product yeah um, you know in a space that you know that it feels like there's an opportunity uh, for us to do something good and and create a good product in, in that space yeah brilliant and then in terms of the future, just talked a little about the future of PJs, but in the future, in terms of mental health, let's say in five years' time, do you think businesses' attitudes to mental health will change? I'm hoping so. And if so, how do you think people will change? Because it does feel like it is changing. People are being a bit more open about it. The fact that they have mental health first aid training, for example, which you know 10 years ago just wouldn't have existed. How do you see it changing, or how do you hope that it will change in the next five years or so? Well, I hope that within the next five years that the Where's Your Head At campaign, which is lobbying to have mental health first aid absolutely in, in every business, mm -hmm. um, that, that that will be absolutely embedded in. Um, I, I, I suspect that, that we'll see and feel a change in, in the language around mental health. Yeah. I think we saw that a little bit uh, when we discussed discussed things th this morning. Um, and I think we can fall down the wormhole of um, worrying too much about the language. There is a lot of, there are a lot of challenges with the language in mental health or mental illness or mental well-being or just health yeah. in general. Mm -hmm. um, but we have to also remember that not everyone's going at the same pace, yeah. not, not the same speed. And if we if we sometimes run too fast on changing the language, uh, I, 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 what I worry about, what I would be concerned about, is that there'll be a whole other bunch of people who are now too worried about saying the wrong thing. Yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, I think point. that there is a sensitivity. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think there's right or wrong. I think they're all really good debates to be having. Yeah. Um, but I, I suspect in, over the next five years we'll, we'll see a shift in yeah. just how we view it, how we talk about it and some of the language around it. Um, and, and I guess finally I would say, you know, I think you know, going back going back to the workplace, but you could apply this to, to families and friendships and communities uh, equally, you know, I think what we'll all realise is, you know, the benefits, you know, the absolute benefits of being able to talk about these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, it's, it's rooted in business benefits. Yeah. Uh, it's rooted in relationship benefits. Mm -hmm. It's rooted in community benefits. Yeah. I, 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 I feel quite excited when I think about that. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a beautiful question to say, you know, where we'll be in five years. Yeah. I actually feel really hopeful. Brilliant. I'm glad that's good to know. Um, and finally, so you're at the very end of Mental Health Awareness Week. It sounds like you've been really busy doing lots of talks and lots of events. What would you say your number one tip or lesson would be to how people could maybe take better care of their own mental health of those of others? So one key takeout that you think people should adopt right now to make a change either in their family or work or wherever they happen to be. Uh, I, I know exactly what it is. And, and it's a slight shift from what I would usually say, but it was, it was, it was gifted to me this morning okay. in our conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that was, so what I would usually say is the listen more, mm -hmm. the listen, you know, listen and communicate non-judgmentally. But uh, one of our panellists this morning um, offered the thought that 
what we can also use that for is to listen to ourselves. Yeah. And so in terms of looking after ourselves and self-care, taking that moment to create space and check in with ourselves and listen to what we're probably telling ourselves, what yeah. we probably know yeah, deep yeah, down, yeah. Um, in order to take care of ourselves, maybe ask for help if we need it, or take action if we need to, or just stop taking action yeah. and have a bit of a rest, yes. yeah. because that's what we need. So listening to ourselves, I think, is the thing that I've taken away from this week. Brilliant. That's great. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And all the very best with PJOs. It's just a brilliant idea. So thank, thank you for talking to me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Cool. Thank you. I really enjoyed it and listener I hope you did too I said that I would do a few takeouts at the end just to pull together some of the main hints tips and advice that Michelle gave to us so I'm just going to start with those now so the first one for me was the idea that when you talk about mental health or someone else's mental health there's a period of between three and seven seconds where it might feel uncomfortable but really that's quite small when you think about the difference that that could potentially make to someone so if you are talking about mental health whether that's your own or someone else's just endure those first few seconds because it will be definitely worth it. She also talked about Talking more in general is just really important. If mental health becomes part of normal everyday conversation, then we can help make a really big change. Michelle said, obviously it's not easy for her to talk about her own experience of burnout and depression, but she said if it made a difference to one person, then it was worth it. And I thought that was really important, that actually if we just speak to more people more often about mental health, it will become a normal part of our conversation, a bit more of a normal part of our culture. And as a result of that, we can just be more open and honest, and generally mental health can become something that we'll just talk about really regularly and really normally, and that can make a huge difference to a lot of people. When I asked Michelle about mental health at work, she said that very much started with leadership. But she said, what I thought was really interesting was that that leadership didn't necessarily have to be someone at the top. It can be anyone who takes on the cause. And she said, we all need to have role models. So anyone can start making a change in their business. And Michelle also mentioned the Inside Out Leaderboard. So if you did want to make mental health a cause within your organisation and you wanted to help raise awareness of it, then that's definitely something to check out. This is something that came up throughout the event today and also in the conversation, but the idea of listening without judgment. It's something that's included in the mental health first aid courses, which are definitely worth checking out. And Michelle said that one of the biggest differences happened to her when she felt that she was being truly listened to. And one of the things that we spoke about in the interview, which I thought was really important, was the idea that when you're listening to someone, you don't necessarily have to give them advice or tell them what you think that they might want to do sometimes it's just enough just to listen to them and make them feel that someone is hearing them so I think that's definitely something to consider and something I'm going to consider going forward as well I absolutely loved Michelle's power of the pause and the fact that she did that pause in the interview um if you are speaking to someone it's just a good idea if you can to leave some silences and give them a chance to find the words or to talk 
and the idea of just using it tactically or as, almost as a tool. So if you did think this one may have some problems that they wanted to talk about, just leaving a little bit of silence and just giving them a chance to, to say something that maybe they might not have said otherwise. And Michelle's final tip was the idea of taking some time to listen to ourselves. And I definitely need to do more of this. I'm always running around from one thing to the next and I barely sit down and just check that I'm okay. So I I think that's really important, just taking some time to yourself and making adjustments. Because if you do that regularly enough, then you may pick up on any issues early on and then you can readjust before they come in turn into something bigger. So I think those are the main takeouts for me. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Michelle, thank you so much again for coming on to Tiny Giant Jams. It was such a pleasure. I wish you and PJoys all the very best. Everyone do check out pjoys.co.uk. The pyjamas are amazing. The cause is amazing. So um, yeah, so do take a look at that. And Thank you to everyone for listening. We'll be back again with another Tiny Giant Jams very soon. Thank you very much and speak soon. Bye.